the hardest thing for my kids isn't that they have ADHD. I think the hardest thing for my kids is that I do. Hello and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. What's up, team? The usual big thank you to Jeffrey Gordon of Ideal Video Strategies. He did the heavy lifting editing this episode, and you can learn more about his work at IdealVideoStrategies.com. Big news, I think I've already mentioned it, I am doing a live episode of the ADHD Essentials podcast at the Commonwealth Learning Center in Needham, Massachusetts on November 21st from 7 to 9 p.m. The first half of the evening will feature me interviewing my friend Lolly Weeks about her journey from ADHD mom to ADHD coach. And the second half will be Lolly and I doing a live Q&A for those in attendance. Email info at comlearn.com to RSVP. That's I-N-F-O at C-O-M-M L-E-A-R-N dot com. The link will be in the show notes. And of course, the best way to support this show is by sharing it with others, either online or in person. So let the folks on your Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram feed know we exist. Tell your dog about us. Tell your cat about us. Tell your goldfish about us. Anyone you think might find a benefit in the show. And of course, throw up that five-star rating and review in iTunes. In fact, go do that now. It goes a long way to helping people find the show. Welcome to ADHD Essentials. Today, we're talking to my friend Lisa Miller. Lisa is amazing. She's a single mom with ADHD of kids with ADHD. She has started and runs multiple businesses, including 3Media Web, the company responsible for my website, and a women's networking group in central Massachusetts. Oh, and she's also a client. In today's episode, Lisa opens up about her life with ADHD and shares the lessons she's learned along the way. We discuss the importance of having a good morning, useful tech tools for managing our lives, teaching our kids by giving them the jobs we struggle with, the challenges of supporting our kids when we have ADHD too, and the power of asking for help. All right, let's get rolling. I have um, a couple kids affected by ADHD, and I am also affected by ADHD. I don't think labeling people with ADHD is always the best thing, but I think understanding that that's where you are and that's going to be your journey, I just feel like you need to understand that so that you're equipped with the right tools to you know, move forward with that. But um, So I do have a kid that is diagnosed with a learning disability and ADHD, and I have another child who I firmly believe has ADHD but she is diagnosed with OCD. So it's always a fun day at my house. At home, right, as a mom, because you also run your own company that has two offices, one in Massachusetts and the other in Michigan. And you're sort of the Massachusetts person running that whole show. And you're running the show at home. How are you managing those two very significant responsibilities as a person with ADHD? Something I learned about myself a couple of years ago is that 
I don't mind processes, but um, for me, they have to be simple and short. So I try to keep everything I do simple. Uh, so one thing, I've also been through a lot in my life recently. I got divorced. I had to move from my house. I've had to move twice. I merged my business. I started a couple other businesses. And that's just me and how I roll. But something that um, I've learned is that I try to keep it simple. I try not to over-process things, but I still need to have a process. And that's how I do everything. I have a really simple process for everything. Because once I start to over-process and over organize things, that's when I get bottlenecked. So the easier I can make things for myself, the better. That's pretty much how I do it. I know it sounds simple and it's not always simple, but I also have software and tools and different stuff like that to help me manage those things because I do tend to take on more projects. I do tend to do more with my kids maybe than other parents do, not in a good way, but I just like to keep busy because that's how I am. So that's pretty much how I do it. And I don't know if that works for everybody, but it definitely works for me. So what are some of the processes that you have at home to keep things moving? During the school year, one thing that's really important to me is everybody getting up on time. And so my daughter, the one that has OCD, and I think ADHD, I get her up earlier because I actually can understand her journey because I sort of walked it. And I always got up late for school and then I'd be grabbing stuff out of the fridge and getting late in my mother's car. And then my parents would be mad at me. Like, that's not a good way to start the day. So getting up in the morning is really, really important and getting my daughter up on time. She's still lollygags to the car, even though she's up a half hour before everybody, but that's just who she is. So I leave five minutes early and let her lollygag for five minutes. And one really important thing is like not to sweat the small stuff. Like it's not worth screaming at her, yelling at her or giving her a hard time just because she's five minutes behind. So if I can help on my end, um, and help her be more successful in her day. And then I have a daughter on the other end who hates being late for everything. So that just makes it even worse because my other daughter's always late. I tend to be late sometimes. So my <laughs> poor daughter is affected because she doesn't have ADHD and she knows we have to leave early because she knows my daughter and I are lollygangers. So to have this 12 year old child managing if we're gonna get somewhere on time. <laughs> um, but you know, getting up in the morning is probably the number one key thing I would give advice on to make sure everybody's on track first thing. How do you navigate that morning, especially with one daughter getting up a half an hour before everyone else? Is she resentful of that? Does she cooperate with it? What does that look like? No, she's actually really great. She realizes she needs it, you know, and she knows that I'm just trying to help her. She actually likes getting up early. She just has difficulty doing it herself. So once she's up and she gets her, she gets her makeup done and does her hair, uh, she's very happy for the day. So you're just setting your kid up for success the same as you're setting yourself up for success when you do it yourself. I know like those days I sleep in, I get to work a little late. One day I slept until 9.30 <laughs> on a work day. I hope work people aren't listening to this. And I had a meeting at like 9.45. So I had to like run down to the meeting in my living room, which I hate doing uh, meetings at my house because I'm much better at my office. And it was just set my day up to basically suck. So I do it to myself. I'm not perfect. We all stumble, but as much as you can stick to that, the better you're going to be. Now, another thing you mentioned was that you have some technology tools that you're using to help support your systems. Mm -hmm. And I would be remiss if I don't ask about that. One, because I'm sure my listeners immediately perked up and were like, technology, what's that? How do I do that? 
And also because that's what you do. Like you build websites. Three Media Web is your company and you guys do social media and websites and all things tech. So what is the technical support that you're bringing in? On a personal level, the best tool I can say I have to date is Google Calendar. It merges my personal schedule with my work schedule and I know you use it too. And it also allows me time, you know, with my partner and, and his schedule and his kid's schedule because between the two of us, we have six kids. And so we really need to be organized. Otherwise, we're just running around with like chickens with our heads cut off, both of us. And we're ma managing elderly parents to top it all off. So, you know, we're, we're going to their house, helping dinner with them. We have the kids doing sports and all those other things. So calendar has been huge. The other thing that I love is on Google is Boomerang. So if somebody emails me and I, I email them back and then I'm going to forget to follow up, I'll do a Boomerang email. I'll be like, okay, Brendan emailed me. I emailed him back. If he doesn't email me back in three days, here's a reminder that I need to follow up with him because sometimes Brendan forgets to email me back, you know? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really great tool and you can use that personally. So if you email the principal and the principal doesn't get back to you in three days, as soon as you send that email, you can say, boomerang this back. I can say, put the little note in that says, check in with principal, whoever. And so that can help you stay on track with all of your stuff, your sports and different things where those parents are also struggling, those coaches, because they're managing homes and they're managing kids and sports teams. And this is not just people with ADHD. This is regular people. Like we are, you know, a little bit less organized perhaps than the norm, but, you know, everybody struggles with these things. So it's not like you're alone in the world. Everybody struggles with these things. I've hit the point where I have to sit down with my kids and my calendar for the last three weeks of summer so we can figure out what we can and can't do because I'm an entrepreneur and I have random stuff that happens and my kids are going to be home every day for three weeks and they're going to hate me being around but not really being around. So I have to figure out when I can be around for them and when I can't be and I have to clearly communicate that to them and letting them see my calendar is a way to help them understand. Like, look, see how this is yellow? That means I'm working. See how this is blue? That means it's time with you. See the empty stuff? That can maybe become time with you, or maybe I need to keep that open for other purposes. I was listening to a thing on NPR a little while ago, and they were making a big deal about exactly what we're talking about. And they were saying like, all of these corporate tools are coming into the home, and is the home becoming too business-like? I was sitting there going like, I've been doing this stuff for like five or six years. Like this is not new information to those of us in the ADHD world. And it's completely a survival mechanism. Like it's necessary. It's not making things business-like. It's just being more efficient. Exactly. Yeah. Those are great strategies for you to share with us. What are some of the challenges you face? Do you want the whole list or just half the list? <laughs> Wherever you want to go. So me personally, one of the challenges I have has always been managing money, managing bills, managing when they come in, when they go out. I still struggle with that, getting my taxes done. Uh, financial stuff for me has always been very difficult. So, you know, when I had my own agency, which was Ladybug's interactive agency, I had um, obviously technology tools to do all my accounting. So that made it a lot easier. But on the personal side, I feel like it's a lot harder because you get random bills from like co-pays and I just always let mail go wherever. Um, so I haven't really overcome that yet. That's probably my biggest struggle to date. 
I automate as much as I can, but I still get those random, like, you need to pay your dog license. That's my latest thing is I got a dog license thing in the mail. And by the time I owe a fee on it, I'm like, oh, I must have got two letters already. I didn't see those. So I struggle with that. So if anybody has any mail, financial, help bill paying, <laughs> I'm happy to take any advice on that. But I'm doing all right. <laughs> Yeah, that ADHD tax <laughs> that is also called the late fee. Yeah. Parking when I get a parking ticket, it's like ten dollars, just pay it. I get the notice a month later and then you get the twenty-five dollar late fee. And it's like, oh my parking ticket just went from ten to thirty-five. I once had I used to live in Somerville, Massachusetts, and it's all street parking in that city. I once didn't know that I had so many parking tickets that I hadn't paid. Like I just was in full on ADHD mode, untreated, not really recognizing that I had it. It was not a thing that I was aware of. And what got me to pay them was I got a thing in the mail that was like, so you can't renew your license until you pay all of these parking tickets. And I owed like, I don't know, nearly $200 in parking tickets. Cause and it was just like 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there, and then late fees that built up over the course of a year. So yeah, parking tickets are the bane of my existence. I keep quarters in my car now, and I never am parking on the street. Like I live in the suburbs, but I still have quarters just in case, because you never know. But the worst part of that is how it makes you feel. Like for me, I just feel every time I'm late with a bill or I get it, it just makes me disappointed. So it's hard to deal with that. Like I, I wish I could be better at that. And that's one of my things where I feel like I'm a failure. You know, it's when you do things and you're successful, you feel good about them. So in business and a lot of the stuff I do at work, I feel really good about. But at home, that one financial thing has been the bane of my existence my whole life. And I'm still struggling with that. And every time it happens, it just brings you back to that negative place. Like I'm not good at finances. I'm, I mean, how can I say I'm not good at finances? I built a, a, an agency that got purchased by another agency. So I am good at finances. What I'm not good at is the paper and the paper being everywhere and managing the mail coming in. So automating that for me is really important. But a lot of that stuff you can't automate. So when you don't have power over that, you need to come up with another system for that, which I guess I don't have. And maybe that's our next counseling coaching session, Brendan, <laughs> help me manage my mail. And that's an important distinction that you just made, that you've been thinking of this in terms of financial stuff, like I'm bad at finances, but you're not because you created an agency and then that agency was bought by another agency and now you're in charge of the merging of those two agencies. It's the paperwork side of it that you're struggling with. That's the hard part. And that distinction matters because you're getting to the right, you're getting to the right problem. And you want to make sure you're solving the right problem. So ways to automate that. You could block schedule mail time or paperwork shuffling time or bill time or whatever, where every Thursday at 6.30 to 7, that's what you're doing. Or 6.30 to 7.30, whatever the appropriate amount of time is. And you can even break that into smaller pieces where maybe on Tuesday from 6.30 to 7, you're just sorting and organizing the mail and the bills and that stuff. And then on Thursday at 6.30, that's when you actually pay them. Sometimes, especially for emotionally charged stuff like this, making it smaller is more useful and that organizing part makes it easier to actually execute on it later. Or if you're gonna do it all at once, organize first and then execute as opposed to grab the envelope, open the envelope, read the envelope, have a little panic attack, 
then pay that bill, then grab another envelope, open that envelope, read the envelope, have a little panic attack. Like just have all the panic attacks at once <laughs> and then send out checks. <laughs> well, the funniest part is that, you know, it's easy for me to do that. The problem is, is that that's the thing you hate the most. So at work, I love all that stuff. I love getting our checks. I love opening them. I love making sure our finances look good. And, and you know, I love all that stuff at work, but at home, I don't love it. So I don't prioritize it. It's really about pri prioritizing. It's like, like your car's messy. I'm like, yeah, my car's messy. Like that's not important to me that my car's messy. To somebody else, that's really important. What's more important to me might be to take my kids to the park instead of cleaning my car. So it's all about priorities. And so you can't let other people make you feel bad. Like, you know, this morning, my boyfriend's like, when are you going to clean your car? I felt like saying, when are you going to clean your bathroom? <laughs> so it's like, it's not important to me. Uh, it might be important to you or to somebody else. But for me, my priorities are my kids, being there for my kids, having fun with my kids. And maybe those aren't the most important priorities to everybody, but I've already raised two boys that are now 17 and 19. And I know how valuable and how quickly that time goes. So judge me if you want for having a messy car, but I love being with my kids. I le love letting them eat in the car. I love their friends being in the car and their beach sand in the car. And I'll deal with that for a couple months. And then in September comes, I'll clean it all out and we'll move on. There's no scenario where there are not a ton of people listening that are like, my car is messy right now and I'm sitting in it while I listen to this podcast and drive to work. <laughs> but one thing you can do with your messy car is have your kids clean it. Exactly. I did that yesterday. And you can even couch it in terms of like, hey, you know how we're going to the beach? The car's a mess. I'll drive you to the beach. You clean my car while I get all the stuff ready for the beach. And then they're off cleaning the car. And you gave them a reason. So they're more inclined to do it. Kids are actually really great helpers. And so that's something, you know, if you are struggling with a to-do list and getting stuff done, I think with people with ADHD tend to try to take on everything themselves. And you can teach your kids a lot by giving them responsibilities that you struggle with. My kids are home today, literally doing nothing. So I gave them a list of why don't you guys do this stuff? And that doesn't just help them. That really helps me because I am at work all day and I'm going to get home tonight and I'm going to have stuff thrown at me. So when they're home and they can help, I think giving your kids some of that, you shouldn't own all the responsibility as a parent. And especially for me, I'm a single parent. So, you know, taking the dishes out of the dishwasher, why should I come home and do that at five o'clock? So that's one thing that helps me a lot is that I do delegate to my kids and they are really helpful. And I love that. Sometimes they're like, you know, they feel like it's unfair, but it's not unfair because I'm doing it alone. And I'm also running a com companies, a couple different um, businesses I have. And, you know, I have other children that I also care about that I spend time with. So when we can all help together, it's, it's much better. It's collaboration. I talk a lot about collaboration in my business, but collaboration in life in general is amazing. I think people don't do it enough. Yeah, no, I agree with you because you're, you're a super networker. Like you just network all over the place. And whether that's collaborating with your kids or collaborating in your business or collaborating in your social life, the way that you draw people to you is really incredible. And so let, let's, let's shift gears over to that business side, because certainly the parents listening, some of them have a business, some of them are working from home or at an office or whatever. And it, I want to talk a little bit about how you're balancing that family stuff and the business stuff. So what are some of these businesses that you're running? Well, my main job is 3Media Web, which is our digital agency. Uh, we're in Hudson, Massachusetts, and we 
focus on mid-sized clients for web design, development, support, and digital growth. So we have a very specific target market, very specific products that we sell and services. And so even with this business, we've tried to simplify. When we joined our agencies, I was doing social media, I was doing PR, I was doing like three or four different things than what this agency does now. So kind of what we did, we took the best of the best and we kind of reframed the business. We've been doing this now for about three years and branded ourselves that way. And we're doing really well by focusing on less. So that's one way that that ties into my business. Um, and then I started another group called Metro West Women's Network. And I started that when I first got divorced and I really felt like I needed the support of women. I was in some groups and I just felt like there was nothing offering what I really wanted to offer, which was something more local, but still something big and powerful. Uh, so with that, you know, I grew that. I brought on some people. Uh, Julia Becker Collins came in and helped me as a co-founder, helped me grow that. And so that business I've kind of looked at again over the last three years and I've taken that business and simplified it also. Our focus right now is just mostly the Facebook group and having a really amazing event, one event a month. And the group itself, so many people tell me, like, I grew my business using your group. That's so amazing to hear. And so having my two businesses that inspire me to want to be better every day, do better, do better for people. I don't really run my business because I want to be like a rich entrepreneur. I mean, yeah, that would be all great. And, you know. I'm working towards that, but my really big goal is to help people, help my clients, help these other women grow. There's a huge service piece to what I do because as an individual, I love to help and that's what inspires me to do what I do. So that's why I do it, but you know, I love it. I love it. And so that's sort of how I've managed to keep those businesses kind of simplified. I did have more going on with the Women's Network, like let's say a, a year or two ago when there was more people involved and it was a lot of cooks in the kitchen. It's just like, we just need to simplify. We just need a couple of people running it. We just need an event a month. That tended to be really successful. As that business grows and scales, you know, that might change. But that's the other thing is that if you do have these different things going on, like a job or a business, you always have to be open-minded to things changing or trying new ways. Because the definition of this insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and failing. So if you're doing that in your life, you're failing yourself, you're failing your family. So being, you have to be open to change. To make change happen, you have to change yourself. You can't change other people. And that's a very long journey to walk. <laughs> I wish I could tell my 20 year, year ago self that, um, but changing yourself is the biggest way to make change in your life. And you just have to own that. And, you know, so I wanted to change my business. I wanted to be a part of a growing enterprise. I wanted to start a women's network. I wanted to run it this way. And just by embracing change and not being fearful of change, I think has allowed me to really flourish. What are some of the things that you've done to change yourself? What are some of the strategies you've taken or, or skills or approaches you've used? The first thing I ever did, one of the best things I ever did when I was really struggling with merging my businesses and trying to figure out things with my divorce, and it was just so much going on at the same time, I was like, I need help. Counseling's not helping, but I need help. And then I, I knew I had this client called ADHD Essential. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to make a change. Again, I realized I had to change. And I'm like, who can help me change? Oh, Brendan might want to talk to me about this. <laughs> so 
so that was my first change. It's almost like the alcoholic. I had to admit that I needed help and the help I was doing, which was counseling over many years, wasn't helping me move forward. It might've been helping me deal with stuff on a daily basis, but I needed to move forward. So getting the right help was really, really important. And then once I started getting the right help, things just started falling into place. I started learning other strategies to be successful, such as like surrounding yourself by other people that inspire you and want you to be more, like having that top five people in your list. And so I've met other agency owners that have inspired me to do great things. I've met other women that make me want to inspire women more. So having a network of people that inspire you and help you. And, and then the other thing is on the flip side, having people that need your help. So because you've walked that journey, now people with smaller agencies or women who are just getting divorced or starting a new job, they'll come to me through the women's network and say, hey, can you have coffee with me? And I'd be like, sure. You know, they're like, I want to know how you got to where you are. So on the flip side, I want to be that to other people. That's definitely one of the biggest ways to change and improve. And then I love, this is a new skill to me because I'm not a big reader, but I've been reading a lot of books. This is what I was trying to set up with that question. I promise I wasn't trying to put myself over. But as the listeners now know, you and I work together. And the origin of that relationship is that I needed a website. So anyone who's been to my website and digs it, that's all Lisa Miller. And then that led later to you contacting me when you were hitting some, some struggly bits. And so we started working together in that way too. And, and that's just led into and created a really, a really good business friendship that we've developed over the years. But I swear when I asked that question, I was trying to give you the book thing. So, um, <laughs> so you, you mentioned books and that you've been reading more. So tell us a little more about that. So because I have ADHD, it's harder for me to stay focused like on a real book. So um, my business partner, Mark, hooked me onto Audible. And so it started with business books, him and I reading business books together, collaborating on those books. And that actually... Mark and I as business partners are total opposites. So that actually really helped our relationship too as business partners, putting us on the same page, you know, uh, gravitating to each other's strengths and helping each other grow as business owners. So that was sort of how I got started on those. And then that sort of moved on to like inspirational self-help. Um, I started doing, uh, reading some Rachel Hollis, who's a major girl boss. I started reading ADHD books. Most recently I'm reading a book called Struggle Well, which is highly talked about in the service, in the Marines, in the Army. It's um, the main general talks about it a lot whenever he speaks. So my son, who's a Marine, got me hooked onto that book. So there's just, you know, just continuing to be inspired and growing and always be evolving and changing and improving. You have to do that. It's kind of like the person with Alzheimer's. You know, they say that people get Alzheimer's because they're not continuing to use their brain. They're always using repetitive things that they learned earlier in their lives. Um, and they talk about that, you know, in terms of Alzheimer's and some of the causes. So it's kind of like that. It's like if you continue to use your brain and continue to focus, you're not going to get stuck. You're not going to get stuck somewhere that you can't get out of. So those two things to me, having a really great network, inspiring yourself somehow those are two really great ways to just keep moving forward and overcoming things and then once you overcome things you can be a leader i've taken this journey over the last five years i never thought i would take i've been a stay-at-home mom with four kids 
I've been a business owner. I've been, you know, everything. I've been a homeowner. I'd never been a, a single homeowner in my life. I had to move two times. I've never moved in my life. <laughs> my husband did that stuff, you know, so that journey gives you so much to talk about. So I've been able to take all those experiences and apply those to my business and my life and be a leader, be a thought leader, be a writer and share that. So you have to like, look at your journey. Like it's this really awesome chapters of your book that you finish. And when you're done one, you just want to tell everybody about it. <laughs> and that's a great perspective to have that your life is a journey and that, it, that you're sort of writing your own book in a way because it helps us navigate the hard times, right? Like if stuff gets hard, then you're like, oh, this is just a chapter where everything falls apart. That's supposed to happen. That happens in every movie book, movie or book or TV show. So, and the reason that happens in those stories is because it happens in real life too. So that perspective is great. Circling back to family, what have you learned from having a family affected by ADHD and balancing that with sort of your own journey, both as a mom and as a business owner? I think as a mom, I think the hardest thing for my kids isn't that they have ADHD. I think the hardest thing for my kids is that I do. And so when you're struggling with that yourself and you need somebody to help you, I'm not the best person to always help them. And so that's been a huge struggle for me. So when my son was diagnosed with ADHD and he was diagnosed with a nonverbal learning disorder, I knew I couldn't help him. I just knew I couldn't. I can barely help myself some days. Getting help was definitely a really important thing for me. And so, again, like most moms and tiger moms would go to the school, they'd get their kid on the, the special plan, you know, for, for whatever disability they have. But for me, that was really stressful. I, I did get my son a 504 plan, but I had to fight for that plan. And the details behind that and the struggles I had to go through were very difficult for me because he shouldn't have had a, a 504. He should have had a specialized plan. But I gave up. I was just like, I'm giving up on this. I'm not, I'm just not a fighter. Like when it comes to this stuff, I needed different documentation, go to different meetings. So I got private help for my son. And luckily I was in a position where I could afford that. And so he got special help all through school, which was great. And so that really, really took that off my plate because you know how hard it is to help a kid with ADHD do their homework <laughs> when you have ADHD. <laughs> Um, and I didn't want those battles with him. It was, it was hard enough just battling at home with him over, over other ADHD things. So I took that off my plate. And so did my husband because my husband was busy and traveling. And, you know, we just admitted we couldn't do it. And getting the help to do that was amazing. Um, so that's one way that it affected our family. And we just kind of had to take it off because there's just some things that I wasn't good at. I, I wasn't good at helping with the kids with those things. I wasn't good at paying our bills. And, you know, I wish we realized I wasn't good at the bills like 10 years before, but <laughs> so just admitting you need help and not being fearful to ask for help. And then what that does is it helps your other kids because they don't have to live in that stress. You know, if they heard me arguing with my son about homework, like that's stressful for the other kids in the family. So as much stress as you can take into your family, the better. And so now I'm going through the same struggle with my 13 year old daughter who's OCD and the battles that she creates. I mean, I love her and she's a wonderful child, but you can see the toll that it takes on the other kids. So when one kid's having a bad day and you're on a family trip together, that ruins the day for the other kids. So you always have to be mindful of like, not just the kid with ADHD, but the other kid they're affecting. And how can you make that better? 
for me, the way I make, I help with my daughter is I think that these kids who struggle with these things are not good with technology. They're not good to be on the internet all the time. They're not good. Their brains are already so wired. Like why wire them more, you know, and they're not good with caffeine. So they shouldn't be drinking soda. Um, so there's lots of those things that my daughter does that I have to battle with her over. Like she's like, I'm old enough to drink caffeine. I have my old money. I'm going to go to the store and get it. I'll never know if she drinks it, but I want her to know that these are the things that affect her that are affecting the other kids. And that's not really fair, you know? So I try to minimize the things I think affect my kids when it comes to their ADHD. Sugar. My other son could not have sugar. If he had sugar, watch out. <laughs> so, you know, realizing those things that set your kids off and taking those away and being mindful of your other children. Because I have four children. So if I have one son with ADHD and he's being struggle worthy, <laughs> he's affecting all of those three other kids. And when he actually, he ended up going to the Marines, which I didn't know this, but a very high percentage of kids that go to the Marines are kids who struggle with not really as much organization, but feeling grounded. So they might have a learning disability. They might've been through some trauma. Those tech kids tend to gravitate to the service because it's structured and it makes them feel safe. And I didn't know that. I only learned that in the Struggle Well book, um, but he's thriving in that environment. And now that he's out of my house, that's allowing me to get to know his brother a little better because I was always so busy focusing on him that his brother was kind of left in the shadows. And it's like, cause he was good. He got no attention cause he was good. <laughs> My other son got attention because he needed it. So you have to look at that and be like, wow, as a parent, sometimes you feel like you failed a little bit. I feel like I failed my younger son a little bit. Um, but you know what? We're only human and we have to accept that we can't do everything. Just do the best you can do now that you know what you know. And so I try to talk to my younger son more. I try to help him more. I try to give him the attention and let him shine. Last year, he was the captain of a hockey team. So I made sure I went to every single one of his games. I made sure I took pictures. I made sure I posted them on Facebook, you know, just to give him that extra glory that, you know, he maybe didn't get as much of before when his brother was around. That's awesome. That That's really great. Thank you for sharing all of that. Just being mindful of time. Do you have any ending essentials that you'd like to share with the audience? I would just say, don't get discouraged. I, I'm in some of these ADHD parenting groups and I see these parents struggling so much. And if you're not in one of these groups or in one of Brendan's groups, get support. Your kid is not a problem. Your kid is not a pain in the butt. Your kid is gifted. I feel like I'm gifted now that I know how to use this power of ADHD to my best advantage. And the people in my life have come to learn that this is where I thrive. It's been a gift. So if your kid is not doing everything that a normal kid isn't doing, who cares? Don't be judged by the world. Don't be judged if your kid chooses to go to community college over going to Harvard or decides to take a year off to start a business. And if your kid fails, who cares? Let them figure out who they are, help them along the way, and just don't give up on them because they are extraordinary individuals and they just need you to support them through the good and the bad. Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com.
and visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.